Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Chris Willis, and I'm again joined by my good friend, Stephen Talbert. Stephen, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Chris? It's good to be back with you, buddy. It's been a really fun ride here lately. You know, the Braves went up to New York and kind of got their butt handed to them for five games, and I think they lost three in a row for the first time all season in that series. And then since then, they've played 15 games, and they've won 13 of them, including, you know, beating the Mets three out of four, beating the Astros two out of three. So a lot of good baseball lately. It's been, it's been a fun, a fun stretch. Yeah. I think you and I uh, even said going into that Mets series, you know, to, we knew it was going to be an emotional uh, deal and it was, uh, and it was, you know, I mean, they got, they got handed to them, but you know, it's just a reminder that this season's long and anything can happen. And uh, you know, things can write the ship, they, teams can write the ship and uh, things can go off the track real quick. Uh, Braves did exactly what they needed to do. They, they, picked themselves up after that Met series and took care of business. And, uh, you know, uh, we're recording this. I think the Mets are winning. We're recording this on Thursday's off day, and I think the Mets are winning tonight. But, I mean, the lead's going to be two or uh, one and a half or two games. So, you know, it's it's going to be a race down the down the stretch. I feel pretty uh, confident in that. Uh, yeah, I did not have much faith in the Rockies this evening. No, not well, not with Jacob Degrom on the on the mound. He was uh, he's been amazing. So, um, but you know, I mean, we wanted a pennant race and uh, a division race. You know, where I think we're going to get it. I think the Braves Braves have really lengthened up that uh, wild card advantage. Um, obviously, no lead is is too big. Uh, you know, anything can happen. We've seen it in the past. But uh, you know, I feel pretty I feel pretty good about their playoff uh, posi- uh, chances as far as this goes. I think it's all about positioning now and see if they can run the Mets down. Uh, so it should be should be an interesting run over the last uh, you know month month and a couple of weeks of the season here. Yeah, you never want to say it's a lock because, like you said, we've seen teams collapse and we've seen crazy things happen. But the Braves are about as close to being a playoff lock as you can be, you know, on August 25th. They've got, I think they've got a an eight-game lead for the first wildcard spot. And I, I think it's like a 10 or 11-game lead for a playoff spot. So, you know, it's not a lock because anything can happen, but for all intents and purposes, the Braves are pretty much locked into going into the postseason. You know, postseason aside, we've uh, a lot of things have happened since you and I last uh, spoke uh, on this podcast. So, um, 
you know, I think we might as well start at the top. I know, uh, I know everybody else seems to have weighed in on it, but, uh, you and I haven't. So we're going to spend a little bit of time on it today, but, um, uh, you know, this Marcel Ozuna situation, you, we've talked about, uh, Ozuna a lot. It seems like over our first uh, nine episodes of this podcast, but you know things went from uh, bad to worst. If if it's even possible with a uh, when he was arrested for D, uh, DUI earlier, um, I think it was last week. So um, you know, interesting thing. I think a lot of people thought he was going to be instantly cut and he wasn't he was actually in uniform that night and he started a couple of days later uh we haven't seen him since i don't really have a good feel for what's going to happen here we're going to talk about the roster in a minute but uh you know i mean it's just uh, like i said i mean it's the on, on the field stuff is bad enough and to be a distraction off of it you know to me i just don't know I don't know. How, I know he's owed a lot of money, but I don't know how you just keep kicking this can down the road. Um, you know, at some point, I think they've they've got to look at the situation and see he's just not bringing anything to the team. But you know, what was your thinking uh, when you found out the news that he had been arrested again? Yeah. So the news dropped. I think we had just dropped our last podcast. I think the new. I think we got the news Friday morning that yeah, because it was after the Mets win. It was right before the Astros series. So it was Friday morning that we got the news and. You know, we we all saw the Reddit post first that, you know, there was somebody named Marcelo Zuna in the Gwinnett County Sheriff's or the Gwinnett County Jail. And we started kind of doing our our sleuthing. Our Slack group was kind of going crazy. We I got I got to give credit to the site, by the way, because we, you know, we had that stuff up, I think, earlier than anybody we had. You know, we knew within 10 minutes of seeing that Reddit post that Major League Baseball did not have a DUI policy on its books which is crazy, by the way. I can't believe MLB doesn't have a, a DUI policy, but that's another story. But, yeah, we knew kind of early on that it was very unlikely he was going to get cut. We knew it was probably unlikely that MLB was going to be able to suspend him. I'm in the I'm in the just cut him camp. You know, I know he's owed a lot of money, and Alex Anthopoulos has always been very, very clear about the fact that he doesn't want dead money on the books. He's kind of said that from day one. Um, it's kind of been of a, a goal of theirs ever since they, they, you know, started their reign in the Braves organization. And, you know, I know he doesn't want to just have 40 plus million dollars just sitting out there dead, but I mean, come on, you got to cut this. I mean, even if like, what are you doing out at 4am? You're 31 years old, go to bed. Like, why are you out at 4am drinking and partying when you have a game against one of the best teams in baseball that night? You know, I mean, I just stuff like that just drives me crazy. Like, and you, you make, you make, you make $18 million a year, call an Uber. Like right. how hard is it to, I mean, that's just bananas to me that somebody can make that much money and still be driving after drinking. I mean, how it just, it's very frustrating to me. And I'm, I, I am very much in team. Just let him go. I mean, at this point, I mean, I don't know how you can even, um, I don't know how you can come back from it. You know, I mean, it's almost to the point where, you know, even if he starts playing well suddenly, which, you know, that's a stretch given that we're, you know, where we're at, but, you know, it's still a black eye. It's a black eye for the, you know, for the other players. It's a black eye for uh, the, uh, you know, the organization. You know, just it's just a dis- disgusting. That's the only way I can describe it. And I mean, to find out, you know, he was speeding on top of it, um, which was the reason he was stopped. You know, I mean, it's just it's just irresponsible. Um, you know, I, I hope this situation works itself out soon enough. Um, 
but you know it, it's almost like you know he, he started that day that sunday i think it was that sunday just because eddie rosario had a, a sore hamstring and and acuna was dh but you know they're essentially playing a man down i mean we're not seeing him he I mean no. he slid into that he slid into that 26 spot on the roster that's not going to play and you know if you can't hit you know leave the off the field stuff aside you can't hit you can't play defense you're not going to help running the bases you know why are you on this roster you're not helping the you're not helping the situation so um we're going to talk about the roster actually that's our next segment uh but we wanted to get the marcel uh stuff out of the way early because uh I think it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting thing when we start. There's a large number of guys that are fixing to come back uh, off the injured list and and such. And I think uh, you know there's going to be some decisions that have to be made. So I thought it was important to talk to talk about those in a situation early on. But you know it's just like yeah, I said. And the the only other thing I'll say about it is I do think Alex is hoping to get to the off season without having to cut him. Because I do think Alex believes that if he's given a full offseason, that he can find some sort of trade, right? Like some sort of bad contract swap where the Braves could, as unlikely as it is, still potentially get some value out of this money versus it just being completely, you know, dead on the roster. So I, I think, I don't know this, I'm not reporting this, but I do think Alex is his goal was to get to the offseason with Ozuna still on the roster so that he could explore more trades. Because, you know, we we read reports at the trade deadline that Alex was talking to teams about Ozuna, about trying to find other contracts to to swap him out with. And I think they're going to try again in the offseason. But, you know, Ozuna is just making it so much more difficult than it ever should have been. You know, he's basically – if you were just trying to get kicked off the team, like this is – you would be doing almost exactly what Marcelo Azuna is doing at this point. I mean, he's he's completely unproductive on the field, and he's a complete distraction off the field. I think Alex does want to get to the offseason, but I don't know if he's going to be able to. Yeah, and I mean, it's not unprecedented. If you look at the, just outside Alex's track record, uh, you know, he came in, he moved a contract that many people thought were was unmovable when he traded Matt Kemp. He took on a lot of money for that one season, if you remember, but it kind of cleared the Braves' books going forward and kind of put them in position, you know, uh, a better position for this rebuild. And then, you know, we thought Will Smith was probably untradeable. Uh, he took back a contract that was, you know, I mean, I'm sure Houston kind of thought the same thing about Jake Odorizzi. So, you know, you can't say it's impossible, uh, but, you know, and, and that's just, but when you start factoring in the off the field stuff, man, it just makes it, it, there's just a lot of baggage there. So, you know, maybe they are, maybe they're able to get to the, um, get to the off season you know we're fixing to talk about that a little bit but um you know it's just a just a rotten situation all the way around and i'm i'm like i think we've talked about marcelo zuna maybe i don't think on every podcast but i think maybe seven of the eight or however many we've done like we've talked about marcelo zuna a lot and i don't think it's ever been positive to be quite honest with you so i'm just i'm kind of done talking about ozuna at this point yeah we we've talked about him too much i can i can tell you that Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, speaking of the roster, Braves are going to have some decisions to make. And I mean, it's a good problem to have, I guess. But, uh, you know, they've got a number of guys that's on the on the injured list right now that's working their way back. Um, and then, you know, uh, some options in Gwinnett as well. Uh, rosters are going to expand uh, September 1st to 28. Uh, it's going to add two extra players. If you remember, the league changed the rules a few years ago. You used to be able to allow uh, – add up to 40 players your whole 40-man roster if you wanted to uh but a few years ago they sh- uh, shortened it down to uh 28 and i'm pretty 99 percent sure it's a 14 pitcher max as far as that so they'll have to add one pitcher and one uh position player to the mix uh but returning soon from the il um you know we've got ozzy albies uh, Mike Soroka's doing rehab assignment. Darren O'Day is uh, doing rehab assignment. I think a lot of people have forgotten about him. Orlando Arcia should be ready soon. Chadwick Trump's also on that on the IL. Um, I think let's let's talk about the position players first because uh, you know you're pretty sure at some point uh, before the end of the season you're going to add Ozzy Albies. You're going to land add back Ar- Orlando Arcia. Uh, one of those spots will be the, uh, you know, the extra spot for September uh, roster expansion. But, you know, they're going to have to make a decision on somebody, uh, you know, from there. Um, just kind of the guys that look like are on the bubble to me would be um, R.A.A. Drianza, um, Guillermo Aradia, who's who's got an option, could go back to Gwinnett. And then, of course, uh, you know, the Marcelo Zuna situation, um, you know, if they wanted to, if they wanted to keep Heredia and Adrianza, you know, maybe this is the point where they say enough's enough and they, and they cut ties with Ozuna. Um, but, uh, you know, where do you, I don't, and and that's not even mentioning Trump. I don't know, you know, there, there may be some appeal to go with three catchers, um, you know, but again, you kind of seeing a little bit of a roster bubble situation here. Uh, how do you kind of, you have, what are your thoughts as far as uh, when, when uh, Albies and uh, RC are ready to come back? Before the DUI, I would have said that, you know, one of them is going to just be the extra roster spot that you get for it being September. And then the other one has got to replace somebody, like you said. And before the DUI, I would have said that they would just option Heredia, add whoever they need to add and try to keep everybody. You know, that's kind of always been Alex's MO is try to keep as much depth as possible. Even if you have to option somebody that you don't necessarily want to option, you know, that's the best way to keep everybody in case you have another injury. And so that makes the most logical sense, right? Ozzy gets the extra spot and then Arcia just takes Heredia spot or, you know, however you want to do it. But that would have been my guess. However, the DUI happened. So because the DUI happened and because Ozuna has essentially become unplayable for more than one reason, amazingly, um, I would not be surprised at all. In fact, I would almost lean, if I had to put money on it, I would almost lean towards once they're ready to get everyone back, that they would drop Ozuna. The reason that it wouldn't happen is because of what I said earlier. I think Alex does want to try to get to the offseason to try to move him if he can. But, you know, it might just be past that point now. I mean, he's got so much off the field baggage that, you know, Alex might decide there's no team that's going to take him anyways. So, 
you know, we're just delaying the inevitable at this point. So I, if I had to put money on it now, I would say when Ozzy and RC are ready, and we need to add that we don't actually know when, when Ozzy is going to be ready. You know, we've heard he's doing, he's doing well. He's traveling with the team. He should be going out for a rehab assignment pretty soon, I would think. But I think when Arcia and Ozzy are ready to come back, my number one guess would be Ozuna gets cut. That's when, that's when it finally happens. Yeah, and that'd be interesting. Um, Ozzy was it did take batting practice some on this road trip. I know he was hitting in Pittsburgh, and I'm sure that'll continue through this weekend. Wouldn't be shocked at all if he went out on uh, on a rehab assignment uh, as soon as next week. Uh, I also saw Orlando Arcia. Um, it was during the last homestand. I also saw him running on the field, and uh, you know, to me, he looked pretty good. The trainers were there with him. He was working out before the game. I didn't see him taking ground balls or anything, but it was just running, which I think is a good sign for a hamstring. You know, it maybe that it, maybe it wasn't quite as bad as uh, as what they thought originally. You know, I think it's important to talk about Trump uh, as well. I know he had the one big big game, and uh, you know, good on him. He, he gutted his way through that game when the Braves really didn't have a another catcher. Darno was down. Control Ferris was DH and, um, you know, he had a, a quad quad injury and uh, he somehow couldn't even run. I mean, he would have had three doubles that day. He, could, he got to first base and couldn't go, couldn't go to second. Um, but he's out of options. Um, so I think they're, you know, I don't know if it's a situation where they just leave him on the IL as long as they can, but I don't think they can afford to expose him to waivers just in case somebody uh, picks him up because, um, you know, he's essentially their insurance policy for Darno and uh, Contreras at this point. You know, if one of those guys went down in September, then, you know, Trump's Trump becomes a very important uh you know, a guy as uh, a backup. So, um, you know, and I mean, you could almost make the case for carrying a third catcher. And if you do that, I think that puts, uh, that puts Ozuna in even more jeopardy at, at this point, because you're just, you're running into a numbers game yeah. uh, as far as it goes. Adrianza, you know, he played a huge part last year uh, down the stretch, come up with some huge hits, uh, even in the postseason. You know, I don't think they would really want to uh, part ways with him. Uh, but I mean, again, it's a, it's a number situation and the way Von Grissom has played, you know, it's just, it's just going to be hard. And Heredia, I mean, he's got the option. Uh, I don't think there's a, a chance that he ever goes to Gwinnett. Um, if they option him off the active roster, he'll stay on the taxi squad. He'll still be in the dugout with the swords. And I think he'll be there all the way, uh, you know, till they play their last game. Um, you know, I mean, but his playing time's kind of um, dried up as well. So it's going to be a little interesting, you know, see how they play it. But I mean, there's a number of questions here. And I think, you know, Von Grissom, you know, it's worth mentioning to him as well. I think when he came up, we kind of thought, okay, he's kind of the band-aid until um, Ozzy's back or, uh, you know, Arcia's back or somebody. But he's come up, and I think he's going to cost somebody their job. I mean, honestly, the way he's played, I don't think you can – I mean, I guess you could send him down if, if you wanted to make the excuse, hey, we want him to play, you know, keep playing and not come off the bench. But I think it's going to be so late in the season, potentially when this happens, that it's not going to be worth doing that. Um you know, I know going in at C schedule does go all the way out to the just about the end. I think it is the major league schedule, but still, you know, I think he's too valuable to you, and I think you you're going to have to find ways to uh, keep him in the lineup. You made a good point with Trump, you know, because if you do cut Ozuna, let's just say hypothetically you cut Ozuna to get Arcia and Ozzy back, then obviously you just cut your DH, and so that would mean that Contreras would probably DH a little more. In which case, you would want a, a third catcher on the roster, right? because Contreras is going to be a DH more in, 
and obviously Darno would be catching more. And so you do want a little insurance just in case. So that is a good point. I do think they could maybe do both where they cut Ozuna and option Heredia. And like you said, Heredia would never go to Gwinnett. They would just leave him on the taxi squad so that he could still be around the team and in the dugout and stuff. And, you know, kind of get the best of both worlds, have the, have the roster spot be open to somebody who's actually going to play, but also get Heredia in the dugout and around the team, which is where I think he's probably most valuable at this point. So that is a good point. I do think that is a, they'll consider that. And, you know, we know that Snit likes having a third catcher. He's always, you know, preferred that, you know, when you have two catchers like Darno and Contreras who can both hit and, you know, if one of them's not playing, you, you're more open to pinch hit, you know, the other one, if there's a third catcher on the roster. So, that is a good point, especially if they cut Ozuna, then I could definitely see them wanting a third catcher just because of how much Contreras would then be DHing. So um, that's definitely a possibility. And I, I do think they'll use Heredia's option as the kind of the mechanism to facilitate a lot of this. Depending on the timing, you could send Trump, you could buy some time and send Trump on a rehab assignment. I mean, you're you're just still just kicking the the roster decision down the road by doing that. But you know, it is a it's an interesting thing when they had to add him back to the forty man. You know, they can't get him off the forty man now without exposing him to waivers. Maybe they already got him through waivers once uh, this season early. You know, he was on the forty man to start the season. Uh, but you know, I mean, that's a coin flip at this point. You know, I mean, that's the he's had a pretty good season. You know, I would be a little surprised if he got his way, got through waivers. And I just think the Braves will need – you want another catcher as an option just in case you need it. Uh, you don't want to get to the postseason and, uh, heaven forbid, somebody got hurt and, you know, there you are. You've got to have another catcher. So I think Trump's spot on the 40-man is actually, is actually um, safe. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they maneuver around that. Uh, and Adrianza, who was picked up, you know, right there at the trade deadline to me, I mean, I, I you know, you can option Heredia. Uh, if you add Ozzy, if you add Ozzy and uh, you add Arcia back and you add Trump, then three guys, well, no, not three, because you're picking up one. Um, you know, there's still some decisions to be made. So if they don't want to cut Ozuna, if they, if, if Alex is going to hold on for dear life to try to get to the offseason, then I think Adrianza, his spot is the most obvious because, yeah. you know, Grissom and Arcia and Ozzy, they all play second base. You know, Adrianza, he's not going to play in the outfield much. So his spot definitely becomes up for grabs. Thinking there was when they got him, you know, you didn't know you were going to be having to use Von Grissom and, uh, you know, and Grissom's impressed. So, yeah. you know, I think yeah. it's that's just one of the like I say, it's a good it's a good problem to have when you have too many players. Yep. Um, it's just gonna be really interesting to see how they how they handle this. Um, the pitching side's a little interesting too. Um uh, you know, let's talk about Darren O'Day first. You know, O'Day wasn't O'Day didn't pitch real well this season. I know I know I got a lot of you you got a lot of groaning on Twitter anytime, you know, you would say he's coming into the game or whatever, but um he's a valuable clubhouse presence for that bullpen, I think. Uh I was a little surprised when uh they announced he's going out on a rehab assignment. I think he's still got a couple of weeks uh left. Uh but he is still on the roster. He still does have a forty man spot. Um, they're going to have to make a decision with him at some point, um, uh, the, coming soon, uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, he could be the, he could be the 14th pitcher, at least initially, uh, if they want to go that route, you've also got Mike Soroka, 
Uh, and then, uh, you know, Ian Anderson's still at Gwinnett. I mean, it seems like you and I have been talking about the bullpen for a while and, and Dylan Lee and, uh, Jackson Stevens, they keep, uh, you know, we keep, we keep thinking, Hey, you know, the decisions coming here and they just keep hanging around, you know, on the roster and, and stuff. But, um, you know, how do you see them handling, handling, uh, who do you think the extra pitcher is going to be on September 1st? Yeah, it seems like we've been we've been kind of guessing about the bullpen for a while now just because they've they've had so many moving parts. You know, they had Kirby Yates kind of sitting in the wings for a long time and we were curious as to how they were gonna get him up and and you know, they've obviously made a, a ton of moves. But for the extra pitcher, it's it's gonna be interesting because a lot of it I think is tied to Ian Anderson and and also in some ways Jake Odorizzi, how well they pitch. You know, I think Dylan Lee has probably come back to earth a little bit and so optioning him back you know a month ago wasn't didn't make as much sense if they if they really wanted to get somebody else up they could probably option him now you know if for instance if if they wanted to activate O'Day I don't you know I'm with you it was really weird to me that they actually sent him out on a rehab assignment I I really felt like they would just kind of cut him when whenever he was back healthy but you know, they really value veterans in the bullpen. They've said that over and over. And O'Day is about as veteran as it gets at this point, quite honestly. So, you know, maybe they do something like that. I don't know. I think you probably want somebody who can at least give you a little bit of length out of that last spot. I don't think they would – I don't really think they would do a one-inning reliever for that that extra spot. I, I could see them doing a starter to maybe try to give some of their other guys – a little rest, especially if, you know, if the division doesn't go the Braves way and it looks, it looks like it's not going to go their way early, then, you know, the Braves really have the, the wild, the top wild card spot. You know, we were talking about this earlier. They really have it pretty much locked up at this point. So if, if the division's not going your way, then you could start resting some guys if they wanted to, they could, they could call Ian back up and go to a six man rotation and give everybody some, some extra time off or, you know, there's a lot of different ways they could do it, honestly. So it, it'll be interesting. You know, the wild card is Soroka. Obviously, we've talked about Soroka a few times. And, you know, he's he's at Gwinnett at this point. And I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I, You know, I've thought, could they potentially pitch him out of the bullpen if they wanted to try to give him some major league innings this year? Maybe that's a little less risky than actually letting him start games. But I could also see a scenario where they just want him pitching at Gwinnett the rest of the year and just see, you know, just let him get him, get his feet wet and get back to pitching. And there's a, there's definitely a scenario where he doesn't make the major league club at any point, but he could. And that's kind of the wild card right now is how good is Soroka? How fast does he get there? But my guess for that last spot is they'll, I could definitely see it being a starter where they potentially look at, trying to give some of their other starters some extra rest the rest of September. And it's a good point about Soroka. I was definitely going to say that too. I'm not convinced that, and the more I thought about it, you know, I'm not convinced that he's going to be back in the majors this season. Um, It could certainly happen if he pitches well at Gwinnett, they need a starter. I mean, I could see, you could see the scenario where they would go with him, but I also think, you know, just getting him some, getting some innings on his arm, getting him in a routine, giving them where they can get a look at him and and kind of gauge because he is he will be arbitration eligible again this offseason. You know, I think that's important. Obviously, if they think he can help and uh, is ready to help, then I think he'll be there. 
Um, but I think that's that's a little bit up in the air. You know, he had the amazing debut at, at Gwinnett, I mean, at Rome, and then the second start at Gwinnett was good. It wasn't great, and he admitted, you know, he was a little – he got a little fatigued, um, you know, but they're stretching him out. So I don't think it's a slam dunk, and it wouldn't shock me at all if we don't see Soroka. Um, but so I think it's at least a, a important to look at that. I really am starting to lean towards O'Day getting that extra spot on on September 1st. Um, but you could then make a move if you need to bring Anderson back. Um, you know, you can make a move. And I think, you know, it's easy to keep everybody with uh, – you know, by option and Dylan Lee, I think that's yeah. in play. He'd still be playoff eligible, so it's not like you're you're knocking him completely out. He could go to Gwinnett, stay uh, you know stay ready and stay sharp, and then just to kind of ride it out to the end of the season. But really interested to see how Ian pitches, um, you know, down the down the stretch. And I don't, I mean, you and I talked about this before. Um, I don't think there's a scenario where we're not going to see Ian Anderson again. Um, I think he's going to be back in, in the mix at some point in September. Now, when that happens, I don't know, you know, but uh, it'll, obviously it'll probably depend on how he pitches. Yeah, Ian, well, Ian and Sirocco, they're the, they're, they're the wild cards. Like, because if Ian pitches really well in Gwinnett for a couple starts, he's coming back up. I mean, they're not going to – Ian's pitched way too many big games for this franchise and World Series games, and, you know, they're not just going to leave him in Gwinnett. He's going to be back up and, you know, even if they have to go to a six-man rotation or or maybe move Oda Rizzi to the bullpen. But if if Ian looks like himself in Gwinnett, he's coming back up in September. I would almost guarantee it. And then Soroka, again, I, you know, if, if Ian's pitching well, then, you know, and you have Oda Rizzi, then there's not really a spot in the rotation, quite honestly. I mean, unless somebody gets hurt. So I – I agree with you. I do probably – at this point, I would probably lean that Soroka stays in Gwinnett for the rest of the year. The only caveat would, of that would be if there's an injury. Obviously, that would change things. And then, you know, if they do want to see him out of the bullpen, that would be kind of interesting if they wanted to option Dylan Lee or something and get Soroka some major league innings and, you know, be able to control the scenarios, how many guys are on, what the score is. You know, you can do all that a lot easier out of the bullpen than you can if you just throw them out there to start. So that would be the only caveat. But, you know, the Braves are really well set up pitching-wise. They, you know, knock on knock on wood, but they've, you know, they've stayed healthy pretty much the whole year, and they've got as much depth as anybody really at this point. So, you know, they're in a good spot right now. If they can keep everybody healthy, then they're in a really good spot heading into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, going through this too, um, you know, I kind of I, I listed Kirby Yates here uh, to talk with him. Obviously, he's not gotten off to the greatest uh, of starts, um, but I don't, you know, it's not a situation where his roster spots in in, in jeopardy. You know, just looking at this, uh, I think they're you given his injury history and whatnot. You know, you could probably find a way to put him on the injured list if you absolutely needed that roster spot. Um, but I think he's going to be auditioning for you know, a spot in the, on the postseason roster over this last, over the uh, last month of the season. And, you know, he hasn't pitched well. He, uh, he, he's had a good, uh, hard time commanding the fastball. Uh, but I think he's still going to get uh, um, opportunities because, uh, I mean, he could be a, 
he could be a valuable arm in the postseason as well. Uh, we'll probably do more than one podcast talking about potential postseason roster, you know. But that's that's for something down the road. But uh, you know, what have you? What are your kind of your thoughts on Yates? I mean, you know, I guess it's it's it was it was probably um, probably wasn't wise to really think that he was just going to slot back in as a, you know, a dominant eighth or ninth inning guy, given, uh, you know, what he's just went through, uh, you know, the velocity seems good. It just seems like he's got to refine the command. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been so long since he's really faced major league hitters that there was always going to be a, a period of adjustment, but, you know, like you said, the velocity is, is pretty much exactly where it was when he left, which is good. That's kind of always the first thing you look at, you know, the walks have been weird. He's never, you know, he's for the better part of his career, he's at least been a decent command guy. Maybe not great, but at least decent. But the walks this year have been kind of absurd, quite honestly, given how many, how few innings he's pitched. And then he's not missing any bats. That's really the big thing. There's, he's just not striking guys out. He's Everything's getting put in play. And, you know, just like with anybody else, the more stuff that gets put in play, just – the more your outing is up to the the baseball gods, exactly how it's going to go. So um, I'm not overly concerned just because he's not really going to be a high leverage guy either way. You know, the Braves, you know, they have Jansen, they have Iglesias, they have Mentor. I mean, once, once the postseason starts, those are going to be the three guys that are closing just about every close game. So, you know, Yates is probably not going to be a high leverage guy either way, but you know, you would like to see him pitch better just so you have more depth and he hasn't pitched well. And I do agree with you. I think they'll leave him up in September to audition for a postseason roster. I don't think they would send him down in September, but there, I think they'll keep pitching him. They'll pick and choose their spots, but they got to know what they have before October starts. So um, he'll get more chances and hopefully he can look better, but yeah, if the playoffs started today, he would not be on the playoff roster. I think it's point, important to note, if you remember, he signed a two-year deal, and the way the Braves structured that, um, you know, I think if they were looking, if he gave them anything at all this season, um, right. it was it was a bonus. Uh, but next year was when they were really looking at him. I mean, if he could slide kind of into that Luke Jackson, you know, role that we saw last year, where you might see Luke in the fifth inning, you might see him in the eighth inning, you know, um, uh, you know, I think that would be that would be ideal. Uh, he's not there yet, but you know, you give him another month here, we may see something. Um, we may see something good from him. So, and the, the the stat I would the stat I would watch is so far since he's been back, he's faced twenty one hitters, and he has two strikeouts. Yeah, and that's that's where he's. Yeah, not that's not going to play. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's got to start missing some bats. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One other big news item um, happened this week. Uh, the 2023 uh, MLB schedule uh, was released uh, by the Braves of Major League Baseball. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, you know, uh, it's a different looking schedule than what we've seen in the past. Although the Braves are will open on the road, it seems like they open on the road um, 
every season here now they'll be in washington to start and they'll actually uh wrap up the season with washington at the end but uh uh, you know, you got to remember, I know the Braves opened at home this year, but the only reason that happened was because of uh, the lockout. Uh, it wiped out the actual first week. They were scheduled to be on the road. So uh, the home opener will be April 6th against Padres. Um, but it's a different looking schedule because this is the first uh, first time ever that we're going to see a balanced schedule. Every, um, every team will play every other team. Uh, that means you're going to see Mike Trout. Braves are going to play uh, every American League team at least once, um, less division games. It's going to look different. Um, you know, the extra wild card, it, I think this is really gonna, I think it's really going to have an effect on the division races. Um, some people think that's good. Some people think it's bad. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting look and I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. Um, I may, I reserve the right to change my mind later on. Uh, but you know, I thought this was, I don't like the idea. I mean, we were, we got to see Shohei Otani this year. Um, been waiting a while. Uh, was hopeful of seeing Mike Trout, but he happened to be hurt that weekend. But now you're going to have those those opportunities uh, more often. Uh, what was your thoughts about the schedule? I absolutely love the new schedule. I have been a proponent of getting rid of the unbalanced schedule for a long time. I cannot stand that there are teams that we never play. Meanwhile, we play the Nationals and the Marlins 38 times a season. I get it that, you know, winning the division is very important. And so you want to play as many division games as possible to decide that. But, you know, it's it's professional baseball. Like, they're all good teams. Anybody can beat anybody. You don't have to play each other half your schedule to decide who wins the division. Like, just let everybody play everybody, and then it's the same. Nobody has – a huge gripe about, you know, strength of schedule or, you know, everybody plays everybody and that's how it should be. And I was looking over the schedule uh, when it was released and here's, listen, this is the Braves. This is right before the all-star break next July. The Braves go there. They play Cleveland. Then they play Tampa Bay. Then they have the all-star break. Then they play the White Sox. They play three consecutive American league teams. I am so unbelievably excited to watch the Braves play American League teams. Like, we never get to see these teams unless it's the Red Sox, which it seems like we play the Red Sox every single year. And, you know, I want to see – I want to see Cleveland. I want to see Tampa. I want to see the White Sox. I want to see Mike Trout. Like, I, that's how baseball should be. I'm, I'm very excited. And, yes, I understand that, you know, if you have a – deficit in your division and you know you need to make up six games it helps to be able to play the team that's ahead of you a bunch of times to be able to do that but you know that it just gets so old playing the exact same teams over and over and over again and I'm really excited I cannot wait for the I cannot wait for this to be just the norm where you play every team every year yeah, I think when uh, interleague play started, uh, that this was the direction you needed to get to. Uh, honestly, um, you know, it just makes too much sense, and I think it's going to help the appeal of uh, of baseball. You know, I you know we've been hearing baseball's been dying for uh, the last thirty years at, at different points, um, but I think this will be 
this will bring some excitement to it uh, as far as that goes. Uh, you know, I've got no complaints. Uh, I, I think it is going to be an interesting dynamic because, uh, you know, when you look over the last few years, Braves have really handled their business against Washington, the Marlins, you know, the teams that they're supposed to supposed to handle. You're going to have less opportunities. Um you know, everybody's going to be playing a, a more similar schedule, uh, regardless of what division you're in, you know, for a long time. If you were lucky and you were playing the AL Central or, or the NL Central, um, you know, if you're an American League team, you kind of had an advantage over a team that was, you know, in a wild card hunt and was playing, you know, might have been playing the AL East, for an example. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's just going to balance things out. Um you know, expanded, expanded, uh, postseason. you know, I think this is the, if you're going to do that, I think this is the next logical step. Um, so I like it. Um, I think it'll be interesting to, to see how it looks next year. And like you said, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, the White Sox and that young, that young team. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. We're going to get to see the Mariners in a few weeks, uh, actually. And for that to become a more regular occurrence, um, I just think that's going to be neat, and uh, it'll it'll be have more of an appeal uh, for the today's fan more so than it'll probably ruffle some feathers over some people that grew up with the game. Uh, but I think it's a step in the right direction. And you got to remember, like I think I I think I looked at it. The Braves still play the Mets like twelve or thirteen times. You know, like it's not like you're not you're never going to see your division opponents. Like you still play those teams more than anyone else. So. You know, you're just not playing them 19 times, which is what they have been doing. And I think that's great. Like, I think it's the best of both worlds. You definitely want to play – if you're going to play any team more, you definitely want to play your division opponents more because that's obviously how you get into the playoffs. But it shouldn't be half your schedule. And, you know, cutting that down to 12 or 13 games a year for each division opponent so that you open it up to the rest of the league I think it was a no-brainer. I love it, and I can't wait for I can't wait for next year to start just because of that. Yeah, it'll be interesting too. Like I think some at some point we're going to see um, expansion. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all uh, weighs into. I mean, I'm old enough to remember uh, when the Braves were in the NL West, played the Dodgers and the Padres uh, an enormous amount of times with all those ten o'clock starts. Uh, it's still wild to me when I look back and look at those standings and and see the Braves in the West. You know who were an east uh, eastern team, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, like I said, it never made that never made much sense. I'm glad to see that, uh, and I don't think this uh, un, this schedule the way it's been made a whole lot of sense either. So I'm 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 excited to see it go this way. Well, and it and it's also not just the teams that you play, but it's the ballparks that you get to go and see your team play in, right? Like I I want to see the Braves play in you know Camden Yards, and I want to see them play in. I want to see them go out to Safeco Field in, in Seattle or whatever it's called now. But, like, I want to see them in these American League parks that we – you basically get, like, one every five or six or seven years, you know, and that's just not enough. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I think um, I think that's about all we've got today. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, it's been a really good stretch of baseball, like we said at the top. You know, they're 13-2 and two since they lost that series up in New York, and they're playing really well. they got a big series this weekend, obviously, against the Cardinals. The schedule really kind of lightens up a little bit after this, but, you know, you're going to St. Louis. Obviously, they're a good team. They lead their division, so it's a big series to, you know, 
really need to figure out a way to win two of three there because the Mets are playing the Rockies at home at the same time. And I don't really have much faith in the Rockies to do much. So, you know, as tough as it is, you really need to take, try to take two of three against St. Louis and, and, you know, keep, keep touch with the Mets. Um, but yeah, it's been a really good stretch of baseball. It's been really exciting and just more to come. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, there are 30 games over 500. I think when you and I talked this started this podcast, I mean, I don't think, I don't know that we would have, if you'd have told us that they were going to be 30 games over at some point that, uh, you know, I'm not sure we would have believed it, uh, especially, you know, with the way they things were going through the first two months of the season. Uh, uh, but it is crazy. I mean, it seems like they need to go out and win every single night to to keep pace, you know. So I think it's just going to be an, an outstanding race down the down the stretch. And then, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that last series against the Mets is going to be a huge one. Yep. And the Mets have probably the easiest schedule in baseball in September, and that that's important because you know the Braves have to they have to maintain touch. They have to be. They need to stay within one, two, three games, you know. So, like you said, that that last series of the year matters, and um, so that's going to be the the thing is, you know, can the Braves, the Rays are going to be playing a tougher schedule in September than the Mets, but you know, can they keep pace and and make it where that last series of the year um, matters? And that's you know, that's really all you can ask for. Give yourself a chance on the field to to beat the Mets head to head and and win the division. I thought one thing that was really different about 2021, if you go and look, if you went back and look that, you know, they really had to play all the way to the end and it's seasons before, you know, they kind of clinched and then kind of was able to take the foot off the uh, gas a little bit, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I think this time they'll be, they'll be going to, they're going to be primed to play it out all the way through the end. And, uh, you know, if they're successful, that's a decent amount of momentum going into the playoffs. And uh, I felt like that was real last year because the Braves record wise, uh, weren't the best team in baseball, but by the time the end of the regular season rolled around and we got into the postseason, they were playing as good as anybody. And they showed that, you know, with their postseason run. So should be fun the rest of the way. Um, I think that's going to wrap us up today. Uh, Steven, I appreciate you as always. Uh, you can follow us uh, on Twitter. I'm uh, Chris with a K underscore Willis. Steven's B underscore outliers. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave us a rating and review. Um, uh, Steven, you got anything else you want to say? That's it. Go Braves. See you guys next week. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.